Hey everyone, welcome to episode 123 of the End Focus podcast. Uh, I'm your host Andy Corrigan, with me as always is Andrew Brown. Thank you for the lovely introduction, Mr. Podcast Hosting Type Person. <laughs> uh, and Tori Wassana. Hello, hello. Hello. And it's episode 123, easy as ABC. I don't know where I'm going with this, so I'm just going to abandon it right now. Uh, <laughs> and we're just going to jump straight into updates from previous episodes. Okay, I wasn't going to have anything for this week, but I thought I'd just talk about my little uh, Animal Crossing Island rating disaster. Uh, so I, I think I mentioned a couple of episodes back, I got to five stars, was quite happy, was having those like rare flowers growing on my island and all that jazz. Um, but I think I mentioned before as well that my flower situation was growing out of control. Uh, they were just growing of their own volition and taking up like two-thirds of my island in massive patches it got to the point where it was causing the frame rate to chug like hell <laughs> so i i decided i would spend the day and just cut every single flower back apart from one of each type that i had uh, and start afresh once i got the terrain all sorted and what actually happened was that took me from five stars down to two stars wow such was the amount of flowers that i had on the island so now i i feel a bit disappointed in the game and, and myself and I don't know how to build back up again so yeah I'm still doing my daily chores but yeah that, that was a, a big blow to my uh, confidence in my animal crossing skills who knew that was a thing um, well, I'm still yeah. at three stars on my island and every time I ask Isabel about it she's like plant more trees and I'm like I can't put any more trees there's no more room for trees and mm -hmm. plant more flowers and I'm like seriously more flowers but <laughs> listening to your situation it sounds like i need to go completely overboard on flowers which i'm not really excited yeah. to do <laughs> but i had three sections that reminded me of the end boss fight in metal gear solid 3 that's how bad it was so yeah so that's that uh of course it's been a news packed week we had a indie world showcase uh, beginning of the week so uh yeah let's get in and talk about that Okay, before we get into the individual announcements, I just want to say I think this uh, Indie World Showcase delivered pretty well, and probably too well, uh, with a, like almost half of the announcements appearing on the store on the same day, and that was just an overwhelming feeling, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get into all that. Uh, so the first thing they announced was uh, Hades from uh, Supergiant Games, who did Transistor, Bastion, and, and Pyre, which is... Uh, weirdly absent from the Switch at this point. Um, it's a roguelike dungeon crawler. It's going to have cross-save capabilities with the PC version, which is just about to come out of early access. Uh, now, Andrew, you were lukewarm on Supergiant's other stuff. Do you have an eye on this one at all? Yeah, I'm interested in this one. I mean, maybe I didn't give Bastion as much credit as I should have, because I did enjoy Bastion. It was Transistor mm -hmm. I was pretty down on. And oh, okay. like, you know, not everybody's going to like everything and that's fine. And mm -hmm. Transistor actually, by and large, is pretty well regarded. Uh, it just wasn't for me. So, mm -hmm. yeah, Hades, absolutely, I'll get this. Cool. Uh, yeah, I liked Bastion, but you know, it's the the music and the art style carried that a lot, and I haven't yet played Transistor. I feel like that one would be the one that's more in line with what I enjoy. Uh, Tori? I adore Transistor. Bastion I struggled to get into 
Okay. Because I played Transistor first, then went back to Bastion, and it was a bit different. Okay. Well, yeah. this calls for a fight to the death, I think. I think so. so Two men enter, one down. man leave. Two men enter, <laughs> one man leave. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that. That's coming quarter four, 2020. The next thing they announced was Hypnospace Outlaw, which is a 90s-inspired internet web browser mystery game. Uh, coming August 27th, this looked really cool, and I think this might be the first uh, game on Switch with mouse and keyboard support. They announced that shortly after the the showcase. Um, I can't think of anything else that would have that. Definitely not the web browser. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I think that looked really cool. Um, uh, I've got oh, There's another game on uh, PC I've got that I've yet to delve into. I think it's an RPG that plays out in a... In, like a Windows 3.11 uh, UI that <laughs> I've been meaning to get to. Uh, this is taking that and putting it in like a mystery scenario. It looks really cool. Uh, one Andrew's going to talk about soon, uh, Spirit Ferrer, which is like a, a management and puzzle platformer. Uh, I saw someone make the joke that it should have been called Animal Crossing Over. <laughs> Where you... You uh, deliver spirits across the Ooh. ocean to the afterlife. <laughs> this this is one of those that came out on the day of the direct. It's one I'm very much interested in because of the music and the art style. Uh, I did find out since that it's like 40 hours long and that completely ruined any immediate <laughs> interest that I had in it. Uh, it is one I, I do want to pick up at some point, but uh, yeah, I, I don't have scope for that right now. I guess we'll talk about this later. Um, Tori, did you pick it up or any interest? Uh, not on Switch, it's on Game Pass so hoping to give mm. it a shot there That's probably where I'll play it if it's still up when I get to it uh, The next thing they announced was Garden Story uh, like an action-adventure social sim looked a bit uh, Stardew-ish uh, where you build up the community through your ability to grow vegetables uh, that's coming in 2021 Andrew, you've been on a bit of a social gardening sim kick any interest yeah this one looks interesting not least because it's actually made by a local developer um so it's it's on my radar and sorry no not my thing at all (laughs) (laughs) certainly not mine uh subnautica is coming that's been out on other platforms for quite a while it's a underwater exploration game where you land on an alien planet and have to try and survive and you you build all kinds of things. Typical survival stuff. Uh, that's coming to Switch in 2021. Oh, I didn't see this part of the uh, <laughs> of the showcase, but Subnautica Below Zero is coming too, which is the same game but in frozen environments. Uh, have either of you two played Subnautica before? No, because it's underwater and I will be holding my breath the entire time I play it. <laughs> I just know it. <laughs> I had a similar problem growing up. Uh, one of my deepest fears was deep water, and like even something like uh, the the eel boss in Super Mario sixty four. Uh, yes. I, I had to steal myself to do those levels. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm interested in this. Uh, it sounds like a cool premise. Yeah, I like the concept, but underwater just. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can sympathize with the underwater thing the, the games that instilled the fear of underwater levels in me were Sonic oh the and... music yeah <laughs> the music didn't help 
and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES, the underwater segment in that is just nigh on impossible. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah. The turtles. <laughs> yeah, high stress. Yeah, and, you know, they're amphibians, and yet there's a water timer in place. <laughs> anyway, tangent. Uh, the next thing they announced was uh, Takeshi and Hiroshi, uh, which is a cutesy brotherly bonding adventure RPG uh, where you create your own custom RPG battles. Uh, this was the one with the, the mixture of like um, stop motion animation and side on, you know, like hand drawn animation, wasn't it? Yeah, if I remember it properly, it was like the real life with the brothers and the in game thing had completely different art styles mm-hmm. to, to have yeah. that contrast so it had like the uh, stop motion puppets for the the in between and then the levels play out in these hand drawn side scrolling things Yeah, um, it seemed to be like a take on being a dungeon master uh, but in this case you're doing it for your sick little brother uh, out now definitely looked interesting uh, anyone picking this up? I hope to it, it looks like an interesting way of um, game design really yeah it looks cute um <laughs> i didn't get it because i got spirit fair but uh this probably would have been the one i did get if i didn't get spirit fair yeah i've, I've wish listed it so if it goes on sale again at some point i'll probably pick it up uh the next one was one that really uh, looked interesting to me was raji an ancient epic uh yeah. kind of a isometric platformer set in ancient india made by indian developers uh, also came out the the, the, the direct um, had a a kind of uh, puzzly looking element to it and the character seems to get all sorts of awesome abilities could be a fascinating look at uh, Indian culture from you know like a, a source we don't get to see that often in games um, yeah definitely looks like my thing I think I might uh, take a look at that in the coming weeks um, it, that one really stood out to me um the cultural element of it because you don't see there's a very particular type of indian portrayal in western culture and to see it come come from indian developers means that it's probably going to be you know more authentic more authentic and uh less stereotypy i guess so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by that and the game itself looks beautiful uh, yes apu we're talking about you yeah Bear and Breakfast uh, is coming in 2021. Uh, This also looks a bit like a Stardew Valley-esque game uh, where it's a bed and breakfast game set in the wilderness and you're a bear uh, who's managing a business for some reason. Um, Judgy. Again, it's another one I think Andrew would be interested in. Of all the games in this direct, I, this was the one that just held my attention. I was like, yes, <laughs> I want to be a bear named Hank who runs a, ba- a B&B. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then from what you said earlier, this probably isn't your sort of thing, Toro. No, no. Maybe I rolled my eyes when it came up, but I, I won't confirm. <laughs> uh, a Short Hike was next, also available now. Uh, an adventure game set on an Hawk Island. Uh, we'll talk about that in depth soon. Did you pick this up in the end, Toru? Uh I did, and then I found out just before we started recording that I already owned it on Steam. So, ah. double dipped. You're welcome, nice. devs. 
<laughs> and have you played any of it yet? No. <laughs> no. Cool. Uh, next up was Card Shark, uh, a game about cheating at cards. Uh, this looks really interesting, but it's totally not my jam. Uh, it's from the creators of Reigns, King and Queens, and Reigns, Game of Thrones. Uh, that's coming in 2021. I think this was a Devolver one, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. It had that Devolver flavour to it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Reigns was, was good. This is completely different, of course, but uh, I liked Reigns as a concept, at least. I'm intrigued by it, but I'm not sold on it yet. Wait to see more. Um, now, the the next one, uh, I knew kind of knew this was coming, uh, because on Steam, Torchlight 1 and 2 were on sale for a ridiculously good price, and I grabbed it, and then uh, I hadn't put two and two together that it was just before the announcement of Torchlight 3 uh, action adventure dungeon crawler uh, this one has a fort builder mode and it's coming later this year in quarter 4 2020 uh, I remember you not quite enjoying the Torchlight games that much Andrew I've played them both and I found them both pretty boring especially in comparison to you know Diablo 3 or Path mm. of Exile they're adequate there's just better out there yeah these these were the uh, the games that people looked to when diablo was diablo 3 was bad still so wasn't it ex devs from the diablo team the original yeah, diablo team? Uh, former yeah. diablo 2 developers yeah ah yeah. there we go cool uh yeah i'm gonna check out those those first two at some point uh i've been wanting to for ages i just never found it at a price that i wanted and i got the bundle for a really good deal so yeah uh next up was manifold garden uh, a gravity based first person puzzler that's also available now this is becoming a recurring theme um yeah i like first person puzzle games but i haven't played that many outside of, of portal that's the one i always go back to uh any interest either of you immediate like yes because i like um God, there was a game that was super liminal, which was disappointing. But mm. uh, there was another game that came out before it that had that sort of Escher, non-Euclidean geometry sort of feel to it. Mm-hmm. And this reminded me of that just with a more developed art style. So I'm looking forward to it, but I'm keeping expectations in check after super liminal. <laughs> <laughs> this did not entice me. Okay, next up was... Uh... Evergate, a 2D puzzle platformer, strong Ori vibes from this one, um, especially in regards to the art style and the movement. That got my interest. I've wishlisted it, but haven't made a decision on pulling the trigger yet. I think I'll check out some reviews and things. Uh, that's available now. Was that the Ignite Your Soul Flame? That's one? the one, yeah. Yeah. I got, like, um... oh my god, Celeste vibes from it vaguely yeah uh, my, my take of the Ori stuff was just art style and the music which yeah. was very Ori it looks interesting I don't know if we'll pick it up yet though this is from one of those publishers that often their games go on deep discount so I'm I'm waiting to see what happens with the price on this one but this publisher has a lot of games like this out I was actually kind of surprised to see this one featured in an indie direct <laughs> Uh, okay, then there was the uh, sizzle reel, 
uh, which I'll, I'll just fly through and uh, at the end if you want to say if there was anything that uh, grabbed your interest in particular uh, Haven coming later this year uh, Going Under September 24th uh, the Red Lantern, which I think is the uh, Husky game that we saw a couple of years back. Uh, Unrailed coming September 23rd. Uh, struggling, uh, aren't we all? Uh, August 27th. Uh, Inmost coming August 21st. So that uh, that's be, yeah. out already. Yep. Uh, she Dreams Elsewhere coming early next year. Uh, Grindstone coming uh, quarter four 2020. And Gona 2. Uh, also coming quarter four 2020. Any of that list that you guys are interested in? Unrailed is a really fun party co-op game. Okay. Um, so that counts it out for me then. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I don't think it even lets you play single player. Um, There's a special place in hell for those types of games. It's basically a thing where you just you have to work with your friends to build a train track as the train is going. So... You have to get like the wood and the materials to build the track and then bring it to the train to build the track. And yeah, it's. Okay, just a whole heap of red flags coming up here. (laughs) Tori, the idea is to make us want to play the game. (laughs) Um, I'll give you five bucks if you play it. I don't know. Uh, Gonna 2 as well. Gonna 1 is really. Weird. Tricky. (laughs) It's really weird. Oh, yeah. It's one of the biggest what was that the games I've ever played on Switch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll cop that. Um, It was one of the first games I reviewed on Switch when it first came out. So, soft, uh, what's the word? It's got a fond place in my heart. I don't think that's the (laughs) saying, but you know what I mean. We're in a silly mood today, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, and they finished... Sorry, Andrew, you didn't get to say what yours were. Uh, I'm still looking at the Red Lantern. And Goner 2, just from how weird Goner 1 was, but I still need to go back and finish <laughs> Goner 1. Uh, cool. And then they had uh, one more thing announcement, which was that Untitled Goose Game is getting a, a two-player update. Um free on september 23rd and of course the physical copy is coming as well i've actually pre-ordered that because i want a physical copy of that game me too untitled geese game yes untitled Um, gooses game (laughs) while you argue about this the tweet i made immediately after this direct was uh, normalize uh, games that don't need it getting multiplayer patches (laughs) does not need a multiplayer game does not need a multiplayer It doesn't thing. need yeah. it, but this would be, like, for the audience that plays this game, I bet there would be a lot of people that would just love to cause mayhem with a, a friend. No. No. This was my game of the year last year, and I, I not once thought that I would like to play this with somebody else. Like, I just... Yeah, for me, I, I don't have a second player to play with anyway. Yeah. It's cause... just more of a... I, I can see the appeal. It's just not... Well, I'm cold and us. wretched and alone, and I don't see the appeal. So, <laughs> but <laughs> updates so like this, your game of the year. The, updates like this do get these games, you know, back into the consciousness. <clears throat> like, not that it ever fully left, because Entitled Goose Game is such an amazing game. But mm-hmm. at least it's going to be out there again. This will probably bump it back up to the top of the bestseller list. So there's that at least. <laughs> when when I saw the goose, I didn't think, oh, this will be a two player update. I genuinely had the thought of, oh, 
Goose and Smash, huh? <laughs> that's, that's how outlandish a two-player update for this actually is. The the one thing that did make me laugh was the two geese picking on the, the boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because just I'm a horrible person. Because um, tormenting the child is never not fun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. it's not quite as bad as uh, Ghost of Tsushima getting a multiplayer mode, the game where you thematically play as a secretive uh, samurai turned ninja. You know, it, it makes more sense here, but just enough. I've had enough. No more multiplayer games tacked on. Like, it's not the 360 era anymore. We can let go of this. Yeah, but I've been <sighs> told that, like, the young folks today, they, they literally won't play a game if it doesn't have multiplayer, which is just... Bah, but... No, they've got their Fortnites. These, Not for long. Their Fortnites <laughs> and their shooty shooties and their Pokemons and their. Hey, I had Pokemons, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my point is. <sighs> okay, so that was the uh, the showcase. I thought it was pretty positive on the whole. I just when I realized how much they'd released on the day, it was just such an overwhelming thing because there was so much good stuff. Oh yeah, that's why I immediately like, went into the Slack and just going, what do I get? Yeah. <laughs> and then I went for the shortest thing on the menu. Which we'll uh, get into in our next segment, which is what we played this week. Alright, okay, allow me to get the bile out of the way first. Uh, so I picked up a, a game called Wordify. Uh, this was one dollar sixty nine uh, on AU. Nice on the Aussie eShop. Uh, now, have either of you heard of a mobile game called Wordscapes? Vaguely, I think. So this was one of those iOS games that came up in an Instagram advert, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I like word games." So I looked it up. Uh, and the concept is that you have a crossword-style board, and then there's a circle of letters, and you draw the words that you think are in the board with your finger uh, to complete all the missing words. Okay, then you move on to the next level. Now, Wordscapes is, like, without exaggerating, has, like, a billion levels, and it took me three years to finish. It is big. And uh, this one is a lot... <laughs> It's this uh, Wordify is like a clone of that, but on a lot uh, smaller scale. Uh, I think there's like 125 levels, 150 levels, uh, and I was keen for something like that on Switch, a, a good bedtime game. Uh, but it's just a shopping list of technical problems. Uh, so, like initially, the the same words kept coming up across multiple uh, levels ear, era, are you know, just the anagrams of the same word uh, then the second thing that hit me was they were using names as words, which is a big no-no in, in word games, try getting the word Daphne across in Scrabble no <sighs> then you had three letter words or four letter words presented as uh, more because they decided that the crossword layout was just for show in certain levels. So, uh, you know how crosswords work? Words cross. Uh, and here it was, uh, there was plenty of oversights where they 
where they they intersected and they didn't mean to. So, for example, I was searching for a four-letter word, kept trying the word spot constantly, wasn't coming up. Uh, It's because the first P was from another word, and then it was actually a three-letter word called pot. So it looked on the board like it said papot. Oh, I see what Uh, you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this kept happening, and it was the only time that I got stuck in the game was because they arbitrarily decided that the rules didn't apply. Completely a dev oversight, you can you can see it a mile off. Uh, another problem is, consistently, the longest word on the board is always already in order in the circle. So you just need to spot the start of the word and do a circle, job done. That's boring and way too easy. Uh, also, it's got a shuffle mechanic, so you can shuffle the letters around. Doesn't help when the word is already and always in an order, so it just moves them along a little bit. Then we had uh, there are a lot of puzzles where this isn't specifically a man- mechanical complaint, but there are a lot of puzzles where any word would do because it only connects to the board with one letter. But you definitely need the specific word. I get why that is, but I, I roll every time at it because it's like. It, it doesn't break the game if I pick a different word. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and it's got this hint system, which I had to rely on to get me through the uh, the board problems. Uh, but it's kind of broken. All you have to do is just wait uh, like a minute, and it will refresh, and you can use it again. There's no limit to it. It's just play wait so you could just beat the whole game by just waiting pressing hint waiting pressing hint etc sometimes and here's where it gets broken again the answer to the tile i was missing was a blank tile which is not even remotely a game mechanic that's a bug Um, at times the hint system would stop working randomly which meant i had to start boards again again because of the the previous issues uh, and sometimes the correct word that I tried three times over didn't work, and I'd have to use the hint system to put in the same word and have it complete for me. Oh, did it have like double letters in it, and you didn't put the letters in the right order? No, nope. it was just it was the exact word. Just the hint system wanted to do it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Other issues. Uh, so you can play it with touchscreen, which helps with the drawing mechanic. Oddly, that was not responsive at all. Uh, and the physical controls are fiddly, uh, where you use the analog stick to select the letter, then you hold the button down, then move to the next letter, then hold the button down. To summarise, I'm kind of glad it was only $1.60, because although it was terrible, I don't feel like I wasted my money, and also uh, it didn't take a long time to beat, at least, so there's that. Uh, that's a plus point. <laughs> Uh, if you're looking for a decent uh, word game, I totally recommend LetterQuest instead, which is kind of like a, a bookworm-style uh, RPG take on word games. Go for that. Look at that. Yeah, so that's uh, Wordify. Uh, Andrew, tell us about Spiritfarer, one of the, the standouts from the showcase. Well, one thing I realized playing games this past couple weeks, especially starting with Story of Seasons... Friends of Mineral Town, I, I came to a, a horrible realization about myself is I I, I enjoy management games. 
It even goes back to Darkest Dungeon. Darkest Dungeon has a lot of uh, management elements to it, too, and I really enjoyed Darkest Dungeon on Switch. Uh, <laughs> but then I was sitting down to play this game, which is definitely a management game. It's called, in its description on the eShop, The Cozy Management Sim About Death. Uh, this is from Thunder Lotus Games, who made Jotun, which I played, which I thought was a fairly mediocre action RPG, but it did have really good art. And it, uh, they've also made a game called Sundered, which is uh, an adventure platformer, uh, which I, I definitely want to play soon now that I've played these, because based on the art style in these two games, I, I'm very interested to play just a, a straight-up you know, exploration platformer game with this kind of art in it, because in all three of their games, the art is fantastic. But in Spiritfarer, you play as what I think is a young woman, although I, I, I think there might be a plot twist later on that reveals that she is more than she appears to be. Uh, her name is Stella, and she also has her cat that follows her everywhere she goes. The cat's name is Daffodil. And they are recruited by Charon, the you know, the Grim Reaper that runs the boat that ferries people across the River of the Dead into the afterlife. They're recruited by Charon, who disappears off somewhere. I haven't finished the game yet, so I don't know. Uh, they're recruited to be spiritfarers, and they are given a boat, and they're given a tool called the Everlight, which is basically like a Green Lantern ring. It turns into whatever Stella needs it to be. And they have to go and find spirits that need to pass over into the afterlife, and they have to carry these spirits around on the boat until they are ready to pass on, and then take them to a place called the Everdoor, where they will then pass on into the afterlife. Now, you spend most of the game on your boat, and you explore just this really large sea area, and... Uh, one of the rooms on the ship has a map in it, and you go there and you can see this complete map of the sea. You select the next place you want to go to from the map, and then the boat sets off. But the entire game is played like a side-scroller, so that's how it, it is able to do that. Uh, because you set your course on, a, on an overhead map, and then the boat travels there from left to right in a 2D style game, which I, I think is a, a pretty clever conceit. And while you're on the boat, you also have to upgrade it with new rooms using resources that you get from the different islands that you can explore and also just stuff that you can pull up from the sea. And I can build a garden or I can build a field, which they both grow different types of crops. I can build a kitchen so I can cook food. And, and then doing all these things takes a certain amount of time. So if I put some food in the oven, then I can walk away until it's done cooking and do something else. Um, and as the boat is traveling across the sea, all these kind of events can happen. Like I might come across some wreckage so I can jump down off the ship and I can explore or I can, I can open up the wreckage and I'll find like some seeds and some wood, some crafting materials, or I might run into a school of jellyfish, like flying jellyfish for some reason, and uh, then the boat stops for a minute while I do that event, and I can grab jellyfish to get a currency called glims, and they also drop crafting material, or I can go through a thunderstorm uh, where I can 
<laughs> literally let my character get struck by lightning, which also earns money somehow. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it is basically, it's a management game. It's not unlike Harvest Moon, really, or, uh, or Stardew Valley, except uh, the way things move forward is very different. Uh, from how it works in that game. Um, I, I specifically had Andy in mind when I made this comparison uh, because uh, in, in those kind of games, it always feels like there's something else to do and like if you don't do it, it feels like a failure. Um, but in this game, it does feel like there's always something to do next. Like, you know, I've got to go water my crops because they need to be watered, or I need to go get my food out of the oven because the food is done. But there's no real penalty if I if I don't get that done right away. Um, it's just something to do next, not something to do or else. Uh, it's not... It's the same kind of idea, but there's not as much pressure put on the player. Uh, which I think goes into that that initial selling point that it's the cozy management game about death. It's very cozy. Yeah, it does certainly sound more at my alley than uh, other games of this type. But the main thing that you're doing in the game is you are exploring the sea and you're visiting all the islands. Some of the islands have small towns on them. Some of them are just wilderness. But a lot of them have spirits on them. And some of them are spirits that are ready to pass on into the afterlife. And if you do certain tasks for these spirits that all get logged in a quest log then they will hop on your ship and they'll start traveling around with you and when this happens they change from kind of like these these cloaked robed figures uh that don't really have a specific shape or appearance they they turn into animals so uh spirit fairer has the makes the profound statement that everybody is secretly a furry um <laughs> Like, the first three characters that Stella helps are all characters who are specifically related to her uh, in her living life. Again, I haven't beaten the game yet, so there might be something else going on with Stella. But uh, there's Gwen, who is was her best friend, and uh, Atul, who is her uncle, and Summer, who was, some, like, was uh, Stella's teacher in some way. And most of the game is just helping these characters with their issues until they're ready to pass on. Like, Gwen is the only spirit I've actually successfully, you know, helped move on into the next step of the afterlife through the Everdor. Uh, it took about seven hours, which surprised me. I, I thought I would be going through spirits much quicker than that. Uh, but mm. I had have to keep track of all their moods. I can talk to them, and it brings up a little menu where I can look at everything. And, like, Gwen likes to go shopping and likes to and works with textiles so like if i had a loom on my ship that she could work with that improved her mood and if i stopped at on an island that had a shop that she could visit that improved her mood as well but most of the mood stuff is just hugging them every day that's a big part of the game is hugging them and the animation for hugging is amazing like this game is already near the top of my best visual design for this year just for the <laughs> hugging animations alone um and also giving them food and each character has a different kind of food they like like gwen um likes comfort food and each type of food you can cook has a different category and she likes comfort food and also her favorite food is coffee so once i got some black beans going uh in my garden i just started giving her coffee all the time and she loved me after that <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. And after doing a few of her side quests where she wanted to visit a few specific places, uh, she 
kind of disappeared for a while off doing her own stuff and then she came back and she was like okay i'm ready to move on and then i took her to the everdoor and there was one more just absolutely adorable hug and then then she was gone and i went back to my boat and i had one less spirit to keep track of so i think the entire game is going around the entire sea which is a pretty large area and finding all the spirits and helping them move on by you know keeping them fed hugging them every day helping them resolve their business and moving on i i am very enthusiastic about this game like i think the last the last indie switch release this year i think that i was this positive towards was uh void bastards <laughs> this, this is yeah. uh yeah i am really into this game one of the best of the year i think so far how many times have you subbed uncontrollably then since Gwen? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I I haven't played it since I I helped her. So, <laughs> but... oh man, it just sounds like you're playing uh, a hospice management simulator. That was the first thing that I kind of thought about this game is somebody out there who is a hospice care worker or an end of life caretaker is going to write something really interesting about this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does does sound really cool. Yeah, man. Uh, if if it was like a 10, 20 hour game, I definitely would have jumped on it by now. I think that might be something that I'm going to criticize it for when I do finish it. Is it's I might go. This game is too long. There's no reason for it to take seven, eight hours for me to have a character, you know, be ready to move on. But I'm also I'm being pretty thorough in my exploration of the sea. If I had just focused on Gwen, I might have helped her much faster than I did. Uh, but you know, it is what it is, and I'm just having, I'm having a good time just island hopping and making sure I stop and I explore every little flashing icon on the map to get my resources gathered, and I'm I'm having a good time doing that. Yeah, I, I assume the intent with that seven-hour time scale is to make you hurt a bit. I'm sure. Yeah, like yeah, like Atul, uh still his uncle he, he he's a giant frog and he loves everything like that's that's what his character bio says he his likes everything so like he's thrilled with almost every type of food i give him i, I might actually miss him when once he's gone because he's a pretty appealing character yeah uh sounds good i i do want to try that uh it is worth mentioning as uh tori said earlier it is on game pass um so if you're a subscriber, you can play it for free if you didn't want to pay money for it on Switch. Uh, and sounds like it's a worthwhile investment. Okay, uh, next up, uh, let's keep on the theme of games from the showcase. Uh, a short hike. Uh, I picked this up. Uh, Tori, I know you said you double-dipped earlier. You haven't played it yet? Not yet, but uh, it looks fascinating. So, uh, a short hike. Um, the first thing that everyone would have noticed in that uh, trailer is the DS-style visuals. I'm not talking 3DS, I'm talking first-gen DS-style visuals. Um, on the big screen, it, it, it looks more pixelati, but when you play it in handheld, it definitely looks like an old DS game. Do you think that's a filter, or is that how they actually designed the game? I don't know. I, I was thinking about this, and I, I think it was... It felt like it was developed at higher res and then dropped down several resolutions. It's like it's like playing a 1080p game at 640 times whatever. Um, 
I don't know if you saw the the video of uh, someone playing Horizon Zero Dawn on the lowest graphic setting. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. I, was, <laughs> I've seen somebody playing Witcher it, Three like that though. That was a uh, surreal. Yeah, it's it's kind of in that sort of ballpark. So it it kind of yeah. looks like it's pixel art, but it's definitely not. It looks like it's highlighting edges, though, so it probably is some sort of filter or render mode or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, like with you and Spiritfarer, I think this has been one of my favourite indies so far this year. I know we've had a, a slow release year because of COVID, and uh, we've had you know slim pickings in a lot of categories, but uh, this has definitely been one of my highlights. Uh, so you play as a bird called Claire, who's on holiday with uh, her aunt, her aunt May. Uh, obvious Spider-Man reference. Um, she comes out after sleeping in on the first day at this uh, island called Hawk Island, and she's waiting for a phone call. But it's a remote island. There's no reception, and the only place she can get reception is at the peak of the mountain on the resort summit. Uh, so off she sets, uh, and along the way, so th- like any good. You know, hiking location. There's several trails. You you get to explore. Uh, you can go off the beaten path. You can chat to other characters, find items and money and uh, things that will help you get through and up the mountain quicker. So, for example, you can glide and you can double jump if you have a golden feather. Uh, now number of golden feathers you have equates to the amount of stamina you have so you can you keep finding more you can buy them and that means you can do more jumps you can climb for longer uh, and that sort of that's where the the challenge bit comes in and where it sort of gates your progress a little bit uh, there's some trade quests which make it feel a little links awakening uh, which is funny because it does sort of have that uh, ds zelda kind of visual look to it so like the early one there's a, a character trying to make sandcastles with a garden spade um, and Claire reminds them that you know there there are specific spades for making sandcastles so she goes and finds one so she can trade then she gets the big spade that she can use to dig up uh, treasure and, and money and, and things like that um, so you could just theoretically you know follow the trail get the minimum amount of uh, golden feathers, but then you would just be missing out on a whole lot. Uh, you, as you go through, you talk to people. They they might have a quest for you. Like there's one, one ram thing that has lost a watch, and he he's desperate for you not to find it and sell it on the internet. Um, and uh, in that respect, the walking from point to point, talking to people. Uh, Andy Buick from uh, Playstate Sister Show described it as kind of like a non-threatening night in the woods, and I, I get it, but it, it's it's not quite that. Certainly, the the humor can be in the same vein. So, uh, just an example of one of the jokes: one of the early characters wants you to collect fifteen shells. Uh, when you ask why, they say it's none of your business, other than the business of you getting the shells. Uh, and then there's a there's a whole really neat little twist with that when you complete that chain um yeah it's really it's really good but the whole the whole humor is just it's just pleasant and cheerful and funny and the writing is is really well done um and as you know you you climb up you meet other characters they've all got like not 
massive problems like there's there's one character who's got a a, a sense of uh, imposter syndrome and you, if you follow their quest you can help them overcome that and have confidence in themselves that they're doing the thing they should be doing which I thought was good uh, and it's got this beautiful little ending um, which relates to the phone call that uh, Claire is, is waiting for uh, and then it ends in just wonderful style uh, it doesn't actually like formally end you don't get credits um, and then you're free to, to go about your business and explore the rest of it Uh yeah, it's just a, a nice, pleasant time. I, I played it for about two and a half hours, so I think you can get through it in like... I, I guess, I, I read it was an hour and a half, but I reckon you could get through it in around 40 minutes if you were just determined to mainline it, but that would just be missing out on a whole heap of uh, joy and fun. I always leave it for an afterthought, should I mention it with the visuals, but I think it's definitely got one of my favourite soundtracks this year. I think it might be in the running for some of our audio. Now I'm interested categories yeah it's it's quite quite beautiful soundtrack um yeah it's uh, it's hard to talk about some of the the good stuff because it's it's stuff i want people to discover um yeah it's it's good it's a really good time um and if if you know the short games and prices are a thing it's i don't think it's that expensive it's like 10 bucks so yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, good game. Okay, so the next thing on the list was Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this to be on the list this week, Andrew. Well, um, last week I was trying to play The Last of Us 2, and mm-hmm. wow, was that game boring. Uh, so I broke off from that, and I decided instead to play the most divisive entry in one of the most divisive series out there right now instead in Assassin's Creed 3. Um, and like like you, I didn't expect it to be on this week's show notes, but I got through <laughs> this game much faster than I thought I would. I thought I would be picking at this for a few months, but here I am. <laughs> I finished it a few days after I started it. Uh, but I, I don't really have much to say about Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. Like, if you're interested in Assassin's Creed, you already know what it is. You already know if you mm-hmm. like it. Um, I had, I did play this on Wii U, and I didn't care for it that much. Um, and uh, playing it here, uh, I wanted to take it slower this time, because uh, I, I mainlined the main quest on Wii U, which I, I suspected was part of the reason I didn't enjoy the game as much. Um and playing here on Switch, I, I was astonished to find that this game is not as bloated as the other Assassin's Creed games are. The maps are smaller, there's not as much stuff put into them, and uh, I, I spent much less time you know, just running over the map gathering a bunch of items that aren't of any great value singularly but you know added up together they give you the really good rewards if you get everything uh, this game my game time wasn't as dominated by that activity as, as I feel it is in other Assassin's Creed games um, and like the main quest has a lot of problems <laughs> uh, <laughs> like the the main part of the story has a lot to do with 
the Mayan calendar doomsday prophecy. Uh, so they kind of locked themselves into having this game out before 2012 had ended. Otherwise, that whole plot line was going to seem, you know, kind of silly after, you know, we lived through 2012 and the world didn't end, you know, as if we didn't already know that that was how things were going to work out. But, uh, you know, that was eight years ago now. I, I guess if you were younger then or you weren't quite aware what was going on, back in 2012, there was quite a bit of discussion about this this whole thing for... <laughs> whatever reason and uh assassin's creed 3 is built around that idea and i think that rushed development schedule to meet that release date uh affected the game they ended up making a lot of the mission objectives are kind of silly and dumb like there are multiple missions you do where like the only activity is you walk forward a few pit steps and then another cutscene starts. There's like there's literally no reason for that little activity to be there. Just just skip to the next cutscene <laughs> instead of making me walk ten feet forward to it. Uh, you know, <laughs> the things that are are normally caught in the testing process or in in the development process that this game did not have the time to benefit from is is my suspicion. Like you know, obviously. I did not work on the development for this game. I can't say for sure that that's what happened, but that's what feels like what happened <laughs> from a player perspective. Um, I didn't do everything, everything. I, I finished with a high 80, high 80s percentage completion. Um, so, But I did come out at the other end of it enjoying it a little more than when I played it on Wii U. I, I didn't resent it as much as I did when I played it on Wii U. That, that could just be as simple as... You know, I already knew <laughs> all the things about the game that I wasn't going to appreciate as much, so it was tempered a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I, I got this package here so I could play the Tyranny of King Washington DLC, which I've never played and is, from what I've, I've heard, is supposed to be much better than the base game was. And it also has Assassin's Creed Liberation, which was a, a Vita exclusive for a long time, but it's on here too. So I still have those. That, that's actually one of my favorites. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. Uh, it's it's like a it's like a uh, like a oh, what's the word like a distilled Assassin's Creed experience like the purest form. Hmm, cool, and and I appreciate that a lot after uh, whatever the one before this before three was uh, uh, not Brotherhood Revelations, Revelations arbitrary tagline. <laughs> um, I yeah, uh, just after that was so bloated with the tower defense stuff which you know we've established i hate tower defense <laughs> the tower defense um, levels were pretty bad in revelations but in revelations defense the tower defense missions are also really easy to avoid but anyway that's an yeah. xbox 360 game we don't need to get into that <laughs> yeah just just yeah but just just going from that into like you know something that was just like a pure experience again that that was a real highlight for me mm -hmm. uh, they did there was a bit of a missed opportunity with um commentary on the the racial side of things with that protagonist yeah. it sort of gets brushed under the carpet but uh yeah i liked it a lot and she's a cool character yeah i don't know much about avelina like i i know she's mixed race uh she's biracial and i i know they played into that somewhat where depending upon the clothes she's wearing at the time she can pass as either uh one of the local black people or one of the local white people but in any way uh mm -hmm. 
I haven't played it yet, so I don't really know how they explore that. And nor am I a person with the expertise to really comment yeah. on what that's like. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, I, I am interested to play Tyranny of King Washington and Liber- Liberation later in the year. I, 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 I'm not going to do it right away. I played Assassin's Creed 3. It was fine. <laughs> like That's what I said when the game launched. I was like, that's just fine. I would rather it be Black Flag. And hey, Black Flag is out now, and you, you should get Black Flag because Black Flag is really good. Uh, but <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, the, the thing you mentioned about the, the way the missions kick in, you know, for cutscenes and stuff, uh, just as a slight tangent, I, I'm playing Days Gone on uh, PS4 because I'm, I'm in a big zombie thing at the moment. And, uh, like, story's trash. The setting and all the mundane things and the missions I absolutely adore. But there's a the guy's got a radio. People call him to say, "I've got a mission for you," and then he goes to talk to them. Oh my! For something they God. could have told him <laughs> over the radio. Uh, sometimes it feels like yes. video games are designed by space aliens who don't understand how humans yeah. work. <laughs> no, you're not thinking about saving battery. <laughs> so, but other than that, like. And, and you know, like you said, it's, you revisited this. You liked it more than you did when you originally played it. I, I just more and more, I think it's there's a better argument for just waiting a while before you play something. So you're just out of the discussion, and you can just enjoy it because you want to play it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, it was uh, a few years on after it had come out before I played it on Wii U. Uh, yeah, that's fair. and I just. I just didn't enjoy it on Wii U. I don't know. It might have just been a bad summer. Uh, so yeah, so that's Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, let's move on to Scully, uh, which I believe you've both played. Yeah, well, uh, so Scully is a sort of puzzly platformer 3D sort of thing where your character is a marble. It's not really like literally a marble just like a skull that's shaped and it controls as such the notes here say marble madness which isn't a game that i've played but uh, yeah i'd say marble madness is actually a bad comparison of super monkey ball is probably closer even then you like you're tilting the stage in this one you're like tilting no you tilt you're like rolling yeah your character you're a ball. But anyway, <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's the main idea. <laughs> you're a ball. You do ball things and skull things. Um, you're created to kind of solve a family feud on this island with all of these siblings that control, I suppose, different elements. Uh, so, of course, there's four of them. So you kind of start as this little ball. You just roll around. It's really just a platforming, which can be a little finicky because you're a ball. Um I don't know if there is a break button, but that would be a lot lot easier for jumping on on platforms because if you land in water, it's pretty much a death sentence. You have like a little grace period, but then you just fall apart. Um, but in the second chapter, it introduces you to... It's almost like a mech. Uh, you kind of control this clay golem that has a few more abilities... So you're not rolling around anywhere anymore, but uh, you can break through walls and do this sort of ground slam thing because it starts introducing enemies who are just these big water droplets. Because I think 
I assume the first sibling is the water elemental. That's not to say, because you can have multiple of these out, like even with just like the first form that I found, I've had two of them out accidentally. Um, because at some points you need to leave your golem to kind of go through smaller gaps, but then you need a golem past that gap, so you need to summon another one. Because there, there are these like mud piles that you can use as checkpoints, so when you die you respawn there, but you can also use them to summon the golems. Uh, I'm supposing that there are other forms, Andrew? Yeah, there's two more. There's one that can move fast and can dash, and by dashing it can do a long jump. And there's another one that can double jump. And both of these mud forms can also move certain platforms. Uh, the fast one can move the platforms horizontally, and the double jumper can move the platforms vertically. So that's where most of the switching between forms comes into play is having to shift platforms in, in three dimensions, you know, along an X, Y, and a Z axis. That's pretty much the extent of the, the form switching puzzles. Uh, I, I don't have any particular ideas myself on how they could have been more creative with the, this aspect of the game, but that's really the only time that I had to have more than one form out was if I needed to move one or more platforms along three different axes. Yeah, I'm guessing that uh, having those multiple forms and having to switch between them to do like more complex movements would be a bit finicky. That's a word for it. <laughs> Love that word. Even just going, like, leaving like the golem, the big uh, mud form, was a bit of a a hassle going out and in because it I don't know if you had this problem but it did it wasn't always responsive um there was one part because when you leave the golem he the golem basically just spits scully out straight up mm -hmm. uh and there was one where you had to stand on a platform spit him up to collect some flowers which is something we'll touch on and then you'd hope that it would just go straight back into the golem but yeah, there's a button and it doesn't really tell you what the button is straight away and it's ZL or the left trigger and then it has to do this whole animation where the, the golem basically picks it up and then puts it back in the mouth and then you're on your way but having to do like a lot of switching between different forms if it's going to be like that it's going to be not looking forward to it <laughs> which I don't want to be too negative like so far like the first two chapters i've actually quite enjoyed it um the variety so far has been decent yeah um, i mean i i finished it and i i overall regarded as a fairly average platformer i didn't think it was all that hard uh, i didn't think it was particularly memorable like i found the the antics of the the siblings that you're trying to resolve their feud kind of got to uh, sitcom levels and <laughs> in, in how they uh, interacted with each other. Um, but the the vocal performances are actually really good. And uh, yeah, yeah, because like, like they are these embodiments of the elements, but the way they talk is like twenty something, you know post-millennials so it's a it's a an interesting yeah it's a bit of a nickelodeon vibe with the way that they 
they talk so far. Uh, I've only met the one character, which is the guy that creates you, mm. and I don't remember his name. <laughs> but the way he talks, he, he could be like yeah. Cartoon Network something. I should have written their names down, but yeah, like the characters, even though they are like basically they're gods, they have like these really ordinary names, which is kind of amusing. Uh, I should have written all their names down, but yeah. I know I know one of them is Wanda. Yeah, which I guess is water because I'm surrounded by water. <laughs> but um, performance-wise, it's been mostly good. I did notice that it slows down a bit when you're climbing the walls. One of Scully's base abilities is to roll on walls. Kind of like mothball Samus sort of thing. But uh, I, I guess because there's so much foliage on the wall, it just chugs. <laughs> and that's that's the only issue that I had. I don't remember but, uh, anything like that happening, but I, I'm also terrible at noticing or not noticing, but remembering when these things happen. Because I'm just like, eh. I come from the NES era um, when games running like garbage yeah. was just par for the course, so I just don't even remember when it happens. I come from that era too, but then I became a PC gamer, and you need you need your frame rates and your resolution. Yeah, I've become a bit too sensitive to it for my own good. Um, there is a note here as well for muddy graphics, and I don't know if that's just the pun. <laughs> uh, something of both. Uh, I, I could tell it, it's that got a variable is... resolution mm-hmm. um sometimes it'll just drop right down i'm noticing on the switch light screen oh, at its extreme levels i played docked the whole time uh, but I, I could tell looking at this game that this is a a game that was made with other consoles in mind and has been down resed like it looks fine I, i've seen worse but it's apparent that that's it's... what they've done here it's interesting that because uh, when you kill those water droplet monsters, they actually splash water everywhere, and it does like an actual effect on the the textures around it to make it look wet. And it looks really good for what the game is. And I'm surprised that they didn't make a concession on that level, and they made it instead on more of the engine level. Hmm. It, it's just an interesting thing. It doesn't affect the game really. It's a little finicky with the the controls. Yeah, the physics can be a little bit floaty for me, at least. Um, like when you because you're a ball and you jump on these little platforms over water, and I don't know if it's just me, but playing 3D platformers, when you land on a platform and you immediately try to adjust for momentum and and the like, and that just causes problems in this for me. Well, where I just roll off. <laughs> it's also in the floating platforms. The physics is just wrong. Like when you're sitting on something that's floating, you don't have to constantly being adjusting yourself. Like if you're on a boat, you're sitting on a boat. You don't need to be, you know, pushing yourself forward to make sure you don't fall backwards off the boat. That's how the lily pads in this game behave. Like uh, it, if you just sit with Scully on a lily pad that's floating forward uh, in the stream you have to constantly be adjusting where Scully is because if you just leave the joystick neutrally Scully will roll, will roll right off the lily pad which is not how physics yeah. works so I, that was annoying but once I got past the water levels it was less of an issue that's why I was hoping that there would be a break button that's the button to stop him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. moving at all but I I don't know if there is one but I haven't found it yet if there was one, I didn't once use it to beat the game. So, 
yeah so obviously it's not like a, a game breaking issue but it is something that you miss um also on the platforming thing it's a little collectathony with uh like the flowers as a sort of collectible resource per level i don't know how it goes about unlocking because it unlocks concept art but i haven't actually finished a collection of the flowers on a single level yet but i still unlocked it for like meeting a milestone i think like 350 <laughs> but uh it's something that i guess just to add a little bit of not padding but just more to do in each level something to go back to or something to um encourage exploration but it's not essential at all yeah like I, i've played plenty of platformers with collectibles that exist for no reason whatsoever they're just there for completion but like this it does at least give you concept art to look at when you reach certain percentages of total collectibles but you can also ignore them because there's nothing gated behind on on a certain amount of flowers they're just they're just there to give a little bit more to collect if if just running through the levels isn't engaging enough for you I guess like the closest thing to a gameplay mechanic that they really offer is seeing the areas that you haven't actually gone yet because the flowers will be different colors depending on if you hit a checkpoint and die um it'll respawn every flower so if you've been in an area the, the flowers have kind of have like a dull sheen to them but if you haven't collected them yet they will be gold that's that's all i can think of for usefulness of them <laughs> But yeah, again, I'm only two chapters in. I'm not hating it. I'm not adoring it. It's okay. That's pretty much how I feel about it, too. Like I, I finished it two weeks ago, and I'm already don't remember many specifics about the experience. Like I said, I, I don't remember any performance problems. That doesn't mean they didn't happen. It just means I've already forgotten <laughs> my experience playing this game. <laughs> Yeah, if you're looking for something just to scratch that 3D platformer itch, uh, especially while we're waiting for any news on that 3D Mario remaster rumor, it, it'll it'll do. It's not bad, but you won't be... Uh, I don't think it will make any Game of the Year lists. I feel like it'll do is uh, high praise in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always hard. I always found that talking about the games that you don't feel strongly about either way are the hardest ones to talk about mm. because it makes it sound like you don't like the game when it's not the case. It's just a matter of it exists. It's playable. Yeah. Well, that's like it, it, the the touch of death for anything is like when it doesn't make you feel anything. Like at least if you see a movie you hated. At least you remember it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It evokes something. I was just about to say that exact line. Like the thing that you feel nothing for is worse than something that is outright terrible. Oh yeah, because even the bad games give you something to talk about after you played yeah. them. Yeah, but it is games like this that you're just like, yeah, okay, what's next? It, it'll fill a hole in your schedule if if you're after that sort of thing, but it's not going to blow your socks off. Do you think you'll finish, Scully? Um, that's what I've been thinking of I, I don't think I'll go out of my way to finish it but I don't think I'll leave it unfinished either so I finished it in 7 Hopefully hours I'll come back to so. it. oh jeez 
I've already played maybe an hour and a half, two hours, so might as well finish it then. Yeah, there you go. Okay, and then the last game we're going to talk about, and I can't think he's going to spend too long on this, uh, Pizza Bar Tycoon, Andrew, because you've been on your management kick. Now I'm obligated to talk about this game for a half an hour now, but no. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's another management game. Um, I have many of these games on Switch because the publisher keeps giving them away for free. Uh, If you visit the eShop every day like I do and go down the great deals list, uh, quite often especially if you own other games from certain publishers, they're giving away some of their lesser games for free. So including this Tycoon series, of which there are many, uh, there's Food Truck Tycoon, there's Burger Chef Tycoon, there's mm-hmm. Pizza Bar there's Tycoon. Sushi one. Uh, yeah, and there's, there's Food Truck Tycoon Asian Food Edition, I think is what they're calling it, which is the most recent <laughs> one. Um, uh you probably already know uh, about these games because they're actually pretty popular mobile games, but another thing you probably already know about these games is in spite of their different names, they're all the exact same game. They just have different Mm -hmm. graphics that you're playing with uh, as far as what you're quote-unquote cooking. Uh, But you become the owner of a restaurant or a food truck, and I, I am I'm talking broadly about the entire series, not just Pizza Bar Tycoon, in the following review. Um, And you get a line of customers who come to your establishment and they have a little thought bubble over their head that says what they want. And at the start of the game, in the early levels, you, you really are only making one thing. But by the end of the game, you have multiple different things you can make, like in Pizza Bar Tycoon, uh... You can have either round or square pizzas, and the person ordering might want cheese and salami and mushrooms on it, and they might want a second pizza that's round that they want cheese and parmesan and peppers on, and you got to put them in the oven until they cook, and then you've got to take it out of the oven and give it to the customer before it burns, and at the end of every level, you build up your money that you can spend on upgrading your ingredients so that way your food costs more and upgrading your establishment so that way people don't mind waiting around as long and they give better tips and that's kind of the entire game i I blew through pizza bar tycoon in a single evening i got full stars on every level so it's 100 percent completion for it and i didn't think it was all that hard but I, I don't want to speak for everybody. <laughs> this, uh, some people might find this quite challenging. And uh, as I, I admitted earlier to my shame, uh, it turns out I, I, I like management games and I'm good at them. So <laughs> uh, it, maybe that's the reason this game didn't challenge me. Um, but the controls certainly helped. Like uh, they, You can play with touchscreen if you want, which I, I think is probably the way the game is meant to be played because, again, these are, are ports of a mobile series. Uh, but they also had pretty smart uh, controls for controller play. Like if I press the right shoulder button, I'll immediately take food out of the oven and give it to the person that it's supposed to go to. And then I just press the button to confirm. And then I can press Y and that'll gather up all the money. It's got a pretty smart control setup, actually, uh, that translates very well. The, the, the touch controls know how intuitive it is touches you just get touch and it's done uh 
it works very well. Um, I think it's a good port of a popular series. Like, it, 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 if spending some time tackling a food rush sounds like fun to you, like, I spent most of my 20s working at jobs that were very similar to this, so I just, I sat there going, oh yeah, this this is a familiar sensation, I know this, meeting <laughs> exacting orders to impatient customers in, in a, a short amount of time, yeah, I, I did this a lot, and I'm still good at it, <laughs> I'm still good at it, um, I enjoyed my time with Pizza Bar Tycoon, and I would enjoy my time with any of the other games that are all exactly the same, just themed on, on different food. Yeah, my, my wife has all of these games, and she absolutely loves them. <laughs> yeah, I actually have Pizza Bar you Tycoon get... twice. Because <laughs> they gave the the Pizza Bar Tycoon away for free, and then they also had the three-in-one pack, which has three of them, was also given away for free uh... at one point. So I have Pizza Bar Tycoon twice, and I think I have one of the other ones <laughs> twice as well. It's an absurd situation this this publisher is doing. You're a Pizza Bar Tycoon Tycoon. I like that. So uh, what are we playing in the coming week? I was going to play Gleamlight, which is that stained glass adventure platformer, but the reviews it's been getting have been pretty dire. So uh, I've got a couple physical releases that are supposed to get delivered this week. Uh, House Flipper and Vampire Wars, Immortal Realms Vampire Wars. I'm supposed to get both of those this week. We'll see if that happens. (laughs) I'll play something new. Well, I keep buying games, but I don't know if I'll play them but uh, i'm looking forward to a short hike uh, on switch um nice. i want to give spirit of Fera, spirit of Fera a go this week as well but um flight simulator has kind of been my fascination at the moment that's not a switch game no i, I know I, I had a night on it and it's amazing yeah i i can set the plane to fly and then play the switch like a real flight <laughs> so that's my loophole <laughs> an odd one that was a pun uh, so we've got two Oddworld games coming out this week uh, in hmm. New and Tasty and Munch's Odyssey. So New and Tasty I've actually played before, reviewed it, and was my second ever video review. I liked that a lot, looking forward to replaying it. Munch's Odyssey I've never played, uh, and I also nipped into the shop yesterday and it sat on my desk as we talk. Uh, I've got Stranger's Wrath, so I'm, I'm planning a sort of Oddworld playthrough. Uh, I'm going to start with New and Tasty and work my way up to Stranger's Wrath, uh, which I love. Played on Vita for the first time, and I've been wanting to revisit it ever since. So, yeah. So that's it for episode 123. Uh, Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get noticed. You can also listen on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Make sure to check out our Game Podular sister shows, PlayState and Power of X. Uh, you can join our Discord server to interact with the lively Game Podular community. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at GamePodular.com for updates, news, and other content. Links for all that are in our show notes. Uh, if you want to support the shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a Game Podular Patreon. The details for both of these things are on our website. Huge thanks in advance for anyone that wants to do that. Uh, This episode was edited by me, Andy Corrigan. Uh, And if you want to follow the three of us on Twitter, you can do so. 
I'm at Flame Roast Toast. Andrew is at Play Critically. And Tori is at Stew2. That's S-T-W-T-W-O.